Welcome to the podcast series for the Journal of Neurophysiology. I'm Bill Yates, the Editor-in-Chief of the Journal, and today we will be discussing the article, Low Threshold Mechanoreceptors Play a Frequency-Dependent Dual Role in Subjective Ratings of Mechanical Allodynia. Before we begin, let's meet our guest. Hi, I'm Lina Löken. I'm currently a research scientist at the University of California, San Francisco, and I was previously a researcher at the University of Oxford, where the study we will discuss today was done. My specialty is effective touch, and I've used a large range of tools to study how signals from specialized nerve fibers in the skin are decoded by the brain to give rise to pleasant or painful touch sensation. Can you give us a brief explanation of dynamic mechanical allodynia? Dynamic mechanical allodynia is an important feature of neuropathic pain experienced by some patients. It can come about by injury to the nerve after surgery, sometimes present in patients with HIV or diabetes. And these patients, in addition to reporting spontaneous, often burning pain, perceive a stroking or brush stimulus as painful. Light touch, such as their clothes, may feel very unpleasant to the skin. The mechanism through which normally innocuous stroking becomes painful is thought to result from a central sensitization process in which there is an enhanced excitability of nociceptive dorsal horn neurons that makes them responsive to low-threshold mechanical stimuli, and such responsiveness is normally inhibited. And it's not just that you become more sensitive to touch, it's usually described as a change in the modality of touch neurons so that they no longer signal touch, but instead signal pain. It's a very debilitating condition. What is the significance of A-beta afferent activity in the study? The A-beta afferents are the large myelinated afferents that convey discriminative touch. And a major premise of the gate control theory of pain proposed by Melsike and Wall was that activation of myelinated low-threshold afferents fibers can inhibit pain. They suggested that the myelinated low-threshold mechanoreceptors that signal innocuous touch can decrease the activity in ascending nociceptive pathways that is generated by small diameter afferents. The consequence is the reduction of pain. The interesting thing is that in brushed allodynia, the very same abeta afferents can give rise to pain. For example, intraneural microstimulation of abeta fibers in an area sensitized by capsaicin injection can evoke pain, which is so-called mechanical allodynia. And if you block abeta afferents, that abolishes the brush-evoked allodynia simultaneously with loss of touch sensation. So although the necessity for abeta afferents for the sensation of brush allodynia after injury is established, little is known about what discharge rates in these fibers are optimal to signal allodynia. In the absence of injury, the perceived increase in intensity of a tactile stimulus is encoded by an increase in firing of the beta afferents. And we therefore here thought that after sensitization, the unpleasantness of mechanical allodynia would increase by increasing the firing rates in beta afferents. How did you investigate the connection between mechanoreceptor firing activity and the unpleasantness of capsaicin-induced dynamic mechanical allodynia? Dynamic mechanical allodynia can be experimentally induced after topical application of capsaicin, which elicits a sensation of burning pain. 
So we applied capsaicin cream to the arm of healthy volunteers and waited until they reported a burning sensation. We tested that they were sensitive to touch outside the area where the capsaicin cream was. And when that was established, they were placed in an MRI scanner. So the low threshold mechanoreceptors, we know, respond vigorously to a brush stroke. And we knew the stimulus response curves of low threshold mechanoreceptors from a previous microneurography study that I did with colleagues in Sweden. And in that study, we had found that when you use a range of brush velocities from very slow to fast, all the A-beta afferents respond with linearly increasing firing rate as brush velocity increases. So as the beta afferents lack the capsaicin receptors, their response to varying brush strokes should be unaltered in the skin after capsaicin application. We decided to vary the firing rates of low threshold mechanoreceptors by changing the velocity of brush strokes on capsaicin-sensitized skin compared to the normal skin, according to this previously established protocol. We ask the participants to rate how unpleasant or pleasant they perceive the brush strokes. And we then investigated the psychophysical stimulus response curves and the brain activity related to these expected firing rates and percepts using fMRI in a group of healthy individuals. What were your findings? So we thought that if the beta afferents change modality to signal pain after injury, then the unpleasantness of brush allodynia should be intensified as the firing rates of these afferents increase. And to our surprise, we found that brush-evoked pain on injured skin is actually greater when a beta firing is at low frequency. And this is not to say that they're silent, but they're firing at a relatively low rate compared to what these neurons are capable of. And we found that as firing rates increased by fast brush strokes, participants perceived the stimulus as neutral or pleasant. We turned to the brain imaging data and found that brushing on sensitized skin that was on average perceived as painful resulted in an increased activation in the contralateral insula, putamen, and secondary somatosensory cortex compared to brushing on normal skin. We continued by investigating brain activity that was inversely correlated with the predicted A-beta firing rate, as that would give us a clue to how the processing of a tactile stimulus might be altered when the participants experienced allogenia. And we found that an area previously implicated in coding complex features of a stimulus, S2, was inversely correlated to the A-beta firing rates evoked by brushing. And this area was also significantly more active during brushing on allogenic skin compared to normal skin. But the question remained, how does the brain select and process information to sense allodynia? We think that our results suggests a new perspective on how allodynia is coded by the brain. A lot of research has tried to unravel how spinal processes induced by nerve damage can link signals from touch fibers to the pain pathways ascending from the dorsal horn to the brain. And there is strong evidence that there is aberrant input from tactile signals to that pathway. However, our results showing that low-frequency beta signals produce pain that decreases as firing rate increase suggests that the intensity of A-beta signals alone is not enough information for the brain to interpret that the stimulus is painful. If that was the case, one would expect that an increase in A-beta firing by fast brush strokes would result in more pain rather than less pain. So we suggest that the phenomena of how fibers that normally convey touch can give rise 
to both pain and inhibition of pain after injury can be reconciled by emphasizing that it's not only an issue of the balance between the activity in non-nociceptive and nociceptive afferents, but also the frequency of firing of the aviate afferents and that the sensation of dynamic mechanical aldina depends on the brain's interpretation of the balance between at least two types of spinal output cells, one providing information about signals from sensitized dorsal horn receptive neurons in the classical pain pathway, and the activity in the touch pathway that conveys information about firing rate intensity in aveda afferents. What are the next steps in this research? My colleagues on this project, Eugene Duff and Irene Tracy, are continuing to make exciting research in Oxford to explore how pain is processed in the brain. For me, the results and implications of this study really changed my perspective and opened up many new questions about somatosensory processing. The next step has been to understand in depth what is the nature of the information that is sent from the spinal cord to the brain and how does the brain select from that information to perceive pain. And to further address this relationship in detail, I moved to work with Alan Bassbaum at UCSF. Here we're using molecular tools to do optical recordings of genetically defined neural cell population in the brain of freely behaving animals. So it's a very exciting time. I'd like to thank our guests for participating in today's discussion of the article, Low Threshold Mechanoreceptors Play a Frequency-Dependent Dual Role in Subjective Ratings of Mechanical Allodynia, part of the podcast series for the Journal of Neurophysiology. 